You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I wrote here that we are uh, now in the final scene of the shack. Uh, much has been covered. And this, it's been a very, very vivid representation of this story by the actors. And as I put here, I, tr- I truly believe that it was anointed. I, again, I don't know and pr- relatively sure that they didn't ask for that anointing. I don't know if they even approached it as being more than the fact that they were making a movie. I don't know what they thought they were bringing to it. Uh, but it's, after looking at it, in the, in the detail that we have examined it in the intimacy and how we've looked at it, uh, there's, it's, not, it's really undeniable for me that there's been an anointing on this movie. It, it said too much, saw too much, revealed too much. I was, re- I was reading reviews last night that are in, on the inside cover of the book. Uh, and uh, man, they're just profound words of, what, of the impact of this, of this movie. Pastors, churches saying we're giving them out by the box loads, you know, just trying to get people to, to look at this, watch this, see this, read this book because of just how powerfully life-changing it has been. Uh, beyond the movie and beyond the lessons we've learned, the great hope is that two things would occur. The first is that that we would recognize that for ourselves, our lives can dynamically be changed and we truly can walk in freedom. That we really can, beyond our former hurt, beyond the crippling effect of former lives, we can actually walk in freedom. We can, we can experience, maybe for the first time, what we've never experienced before to be able to wake each day and not feel the heaviness of yesterday come to get me, but to actually walk, rise in the morning, knowing that the power of God has already, has already expended all of the energy from the past so that I can walk actually into the, into the future that he set before me. So the first hope is that we will be dynamically affected by it. The second thing that we hope for out of something like this is that the freedom that we've received, that we're walking in now, uh, would be the vehicle by which God would release freedom to many others around us. That it wasn't just designed for our freedom, as dynamic as that is. Again, uh, I I shared this 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 morning, and it's just going to be one of those things that's just profound to me. And I, I love the connection, as I shared this morning, from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul says, you know, we didn't come with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstrations of power and of the Spirit. And to realize, as in the example that I use this, this morning, that the man who was who's regarded as the Gadarene demoniac and all the demons that were in him, to him and to those around him, he experienced an event, 
a moment with Jesus that was this demonstration of power and of spirit. But beyond that, he became the demonstration. He became the evidence of what God had done. I like that because I want us to know that if we will let him bring us that freedom and transform us so that we walk in that freedom so that other people can see it, then we ourselves might have had an encounter back on some day at some place and sometime sitting in my office or sitting in the park or somewhere where we might have been. And when you had a moment, to you it's an event, a great demonstration of the spirit and of power. But now, to everybody else, you are the demonstration. You're the evidence of what he's done. You're the, we are the way. We become the vehicle by which others say, well, that's the person that was. And, and now they're, yep, they were broken and now they're whole. They were sad and now they're joyful. They were in turmoil. Now they are in peace. We didn't see them. Now we see them. It's like they were, we become the evidence. We become the demonstration of power. And I hope we know that. We're going to see that in this scene. We're going to, we will come back to that. Isaiah 61, which has been over this church for a long time. Isaiah 61, 1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That's us because... This is speaking of Jesus. But where does he live now? He lives in us. We become this. We become the evidence of this. It becomes our mouth. It becomes our hands to work with, our feet to go with. And we cannot hesitate, or though we need to approach it respectfully with understanding that I am now the voice that can say to someone, come forth, as he said to Lazarus. That's not, that's not, off, that's not off base. We, that's something we should be able and ready to do because we now have been given that which he had so that by his spirit, we now too can move in authority, that we can, we can bring freedom because we receive freedom, we can share it with others. So I hope those two things really become evident as we've watched this, as we walk in it, as we learn. As we begin to look at this final scene, I'll stop the movie only on needed occasions and I'll have far less to say here than at any other time. The moments here, however, are profound. We're gonna, I'm not going to interrupt it much, but uh, the moments are truly profound and necessary when we think in terms of healing. Does what I do really matter? As I said, the, we stop on these points. There won't be as many, but they are deeply profound. Because 
Mackenzie has come to a place. Can you, can you tell it in him? From approaching the cabin, carrying the gun, meeting Jesus, meeting, meeting the Trinity, to a very dynamically different moment sitting there with them on the hearth of that fireplace. There's a, there's a countenance change. There's a heart change. There's a healing change a healing that comes with forgiveness. All of that is present in this moment. And he asked this question, now, does what I do now really matter? You see, this is that moment when we come to the recognition that not only did God do what he did to bring me healing, to bring me restoration, he's bringing us into this moment, to this answer to this question that with, that, that comes with a profound answer and all that is, that's about to be said. against I said, doesn't it seem strange that God would make us in his image, equip us with his spirit, give us such great assurance and measure of his love and surround us with his extreme promises, yet we continue to wonder if who we are matters or if what we do really matters. Isn't that interesting? Look at what he invested. Look at what it took to get us to this place. Look, look at the sacrifice. Look at the magnitude of the plan that had to be put in place somewhere back in the heart and the mind of God that this is, what, this is the plan that, I, that we're going, that, that you, we will send you that you will die for their sins. And not only to, to die for them, but, but dealing with their sin, that we can close that gap and, and, and reestablish the relationship that we have with them. Not only so that we can have an intimacy with them, but so that now that they are clean of that sin, that we can indwell them with, with our spirit. And that that spirit will give them the same authority, Jesus, that you have demonstrated for three years, and then we still come to the place and wonder if what we do really matters. I don't know what else he could have invested. I don't know what else he could have done. Truth he could have revealed. Power demonstrated that would, have ever, that would, that, that would increase our understanding and say, well, okay, now I know that what I do matters. We do largely move through our life each day as if what we do really doesn't matter very much. That maybe on occasion, maybe sometime, maybe a little bit, but rarely do we see ourselves in the magnitude and the and the. Uh, and the the profundity of what he has done and what he has established in us for us to be a part of. Look at these, look at these verses. These are ones that we know very well. Psalm 139, 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, 
which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Galatians 1, 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Any, any significance in any of those statements? That maybe there's importance attached to us. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and know that I am God. He says those things about us. What else is he going to have to say? What else is he going to have to show before we really connect with the fact that what happens in our life matters? Small things, phone calls. Jan has, and, and several of us, Rhonda has been keeping us up to date with the things that have been going on in Randy Wood's life. This is difficult, you know, to just even be told by the doctors that it may take a, a longer period of time for this particular medicine to work so that he will be able to swallow normally again and move food around in his mouth so that he can actually swallow it in the first place. The result of the myosinia gravis, the autoimmune disease that he has. But at the end of every one of those texts, what does Deb say? God is good. We you keep praying, God is good. The, the story with Victoria just grows increasingly challenging. She can't swallow. The doctor just told her, you, you, you'll have to go home like this and, and make sure that everything that you eat has been completely processed so that it's more something you drink than something you eat. Because she is... The, the, her autoimmune disease is just taking its toll right now. But once again, every one of those things, we heard Victoria when she was ordained here a few weeks ago, that she is understanding things about God through this struggle, through this suffering that she could not discover otherwise. She knows it. I, I, there, there are so many things about those situations that, that, I, don't, that I don't understand. But I do know that in our life, the smallest things, the smallest things matter. That's the answer that we get here. Man, live, live that way. Live that way. The phone call that I'm making right now matters. This moment of being considerate matters. This kindness matters. Releasing the fruit of the Spirit matters. Helping matters. If anything matters, everything matters. That's a deep statement. Hard to find the boundaries of that statement. Hard to search that completely out and fully comprehend it and understand it. But, on, but even accepting it on the surface, how we greet one another, the laughter that goes on between us, the kindness in the simplest things that we do, the compassion that we show. Each one of those things matters. We don't know when a life might be changed by something so small. The, uh, the author of, uh, well, the author, Frank Peretti, that wrote uh, this present darkness and piercing the darkness and the Oath or the Omen or something, I can't remember. There was another one. He also wrote a book called The Wounded Spirit. 
And as I know at one time it was a required reading over to school because Mike bought enough and gave them out to all the teachers. The Wounded Spirit by Frank Peretti, and it was, it was an autobiographical book. And he tells of the torment of his childhood and him sitting, I think, on a stairwell in the school when a coach came and sat down with him and rescued him. Small moment. But it was that difference because it was that moment that got him out of the abuse, that got him out of the awfulness of his story. We don't know when one of those smallest moments may, may have the greatest and most dynamic impact. We don't know. So if anything matters, and I love the portion there that each one of them said, but Jesus is in particular. You know, he said, uh, every time you love or forgive, with every act of kindness, the universe changes for the better. We disconnect ourselves from those kind of thoughts. We truly don't understand. I wish we did. But we truly don't understand or accept that when we have a, a, an exchange, especially with somebody that we don't know, a moment of frustration in the grocery store where a credit card won't work, so as quietly and silently as we can, we help them and remove the frustration or remove the embarrassment. That we don't know what, might happen, what, what that might have changed in that person's life that day going home. To be, to be standing in that Taylor convenience store on 82nd in Indiana, I think is where it was, and I'm about to pay, and this woman whispers just under her breath, Oh, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit just prompting so quickly for me to pray for her. And I asked her across the counter if I could pray for her. And she said, yeah, I need it. And, and uh, I said, I'm not talking about later. I'm, I'm asking if I can pray for you right now. And so she extends her hand and I pray for her across this counter. I, I finished, drive off and get around the block and God says, you didn't finish. And I knew what he needed. I knew what he, what he was asking. So I drove back around the block and I took all the money out of my wallet and I gave it to her. There was, I know there was just, doesn't matter, but I know there was like over a hundred dollars. I don't know what, there, what else there was. And I handed it to her and this, this was a little more awkward because now there were people in there. And I told her, I said, as I drove off, God said that whatever you were whispering the, oh, Jesus to, this is your answer. You see, I don't know what that changed in her life. I don't have any responsibility of knowing, but it could have changed everything. You know, I used to sing a song. Uh, I don't know if it'll, any of it will come back to me, but it, yeah, it was thank you for giving to the Lord. You know, and it goes through scenarios, thanking because when I got to heaven, you know, I, I'm a life that's been changed, yeah, because of something you did, because of money that you gave or Sunday school class that you taught. I'm a life that was changed by, by something that you did. And, we, and we, we don't even see it in those contexts or in those terms. So once again, here in the movie, we see and hear the assurance of God's great purpose in us. 
If I'm the vessel, the earthen vessel in which he would shine his light, then, then what light am I to display? What light, uh, should say, what light will others see? And what light will they not see? Jan and I had a conversation uh, yesterday, I believe, or maybe the day before, about a book. Uh, the name of the book is All the Light That We Cannot See. All the Light We Cannot See. World War II? You want to just tell about it briefly? Just, yeah. I just love the title, All the Light We Cannot See. Because he says that God chose to, to shine this light, Second Corinthians chapter 4. He would shine this light into darkness of his own prerogative. From whom is that light supposed to shine? Us. But if we don't live in obedience and full understanding that, that the littlest things matter, then there will be others around us and the question on their mind, the thought will be, I wonder what light I will never see because of the place where it was supposed to be seen. And we're told to quench not the spirit. So I want us to look at, at a passage from the first chapter of James that we talked about last Wednesday night that I find very significant in this particular moment. It's James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. As I taught on Wednesday evening, the word for gift, the words for gift are different in that first phrase. The good gift and the perfect gift, when you look them up in, in Greek, are two different words. The, the good gift, that Greek word, and I, I, I will not get it right, I'm sure, dosis, is, means, the meaning of that is the gift itself in its initial state. The second word, the perfect gift, is the, is the word dorama, meaning to bestow, to present, or a benefaction. So what's being presented here in the book of James is that a gift given, that good gift, would be, for example, a gift that we receive, the gift that blesses us, the gift in its initial stage. But when we begin to recognize that what James was trying to tell us, what the Holy Spirit was showing us, was that 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 good gift had a means of becoming a perfected gift, a, a, an entirely different word. So I wrote here the unique difference between a, that's attended here is that a gift given us is by design fully perfected when his spirit that gift, when, when by his spirit that gift extends through us to someone else. So here's three examples. Truth received will set us free. We know that, we've experienced that, and bring great personal change. Truth perfected will be given freely to others so that, they, so that that which transforms us then will also transform the world. So truth given in its initial stage, that good gift is a blessing to me, but that gift is a, becomes perfected 
when it's extended through me to set someone else free. So James is being very clear, the type of gift that comes from above is not just a gift that remains in one spot, it's the, it's the perfect re-gifting of a gift. We ask that today, is it okay to re-gift? Yeah, it is, because it's right here, scriptural. Something we've received now that, that blessed us in the moment now blesses someone else. It's gifted to someone else. Another example, grace received will remove guilt, shame, regret in us. However, grace as the perfected gift will remove those things from others with whom it is shared. A blessing to us perfected in the extension of it when it goes to someone else. Love received as a gift given to us will warm our hearts and give us great understanding of ourselves. Love perfected will not only be given to others to do the same, it will also cast out fear. So he's speaking here of something that he gives us, these gifts that come from above that, that we enjoy, that change our lives. But they were never designed that we would become the sole repository of that gift. That gift by its design was to be extended and perfected as we give it away, share it with others. So once again, does what we do matter? Yes, because it's the extension of that which we've received into the lives of others. Wish you could say that, or I hope you can. It's what changed. He met God, a God he never knew, a heart he had never felt, love, lost, completely unknown, laughter he would have never assigned to God, joy completely missed, confusion that was everywhere, and there will be no great healing. There will be no great change until that becomes our message. I met God. I met Papa. I met, the, I met Jesus. I met the Spirit. I know. I've learned. I saw. I tasted. I touched. I experienced. I met him. You see, everything in this moment for, for Mackenzie is changing because of those three words. I met God. Never known him before. Church is full. Pew by pew, chair by chair. And people who cannot make that statement. I've done a lot of things. I've taught classes, I've given my money, I've been involved, I took leadership roles, I've done, I've done many things. Just never bothered in, in any of that to actually meet God. Took an encounter, but he met him. Stop and consider all that has changed because of that statement. Stop and consider all that can be changed when we are certain that that is true for each of us. The last notes that I made here, just before that last piece, one of the things that catches my attention in that last scene is I love it when Mackenzie tells his son, 
you are strong. That's not, I saw you do something. It's not a compliment. It's a recognition of who he is. And then he says, thank you. But the changes I see in my friend are evidence enough for me. Again, our living, breathing testimony uh, should be lived each day is evidence of this great transformation because we met God, uh, which is that great demonstration of power that Paul refers to in 1 Corinthians 2. Many may wonder if anything really occurs in my office or our home or in United or in Rejuvenate where I meet with so many folks. But my hope will always be that the great evidence is now in the life lived each day and the testimony openly, openly shared. If anything truly happens, it will be because the life bears it out. It will be because the testimony isn't because of a moment that they had, but a transforming moment that changed their life. And that's what, that's the, the, these, these final words of uh, Tim McGraw as he, as he makes that statement. You know, anybody can question what was said or if any of it happened, but it's very difficult to question when you see the great transformation in a man whose heart was so broken and now who forgives and loves larger than most. Okay, next week we will, uh, we're going to watch the whole thing. We'll, uh, my plan is to start next week at 5 o'clock and we'll, it'll take from 5 to our normal time of 7 uh, to actually uh, watch it all. But I think it would be the best way as our, as our final time to just watch the whole thing. I know many of you have seen it, but now that you've heard this, seen this, learned these things that we've shared over the last few weeks, maybe you can watch it with new eyes and with uh, new awareness. Father, thank you for this teaching. It has been profound. It has been anointed. Thank you, Father, that you brought it with such clarity so that it could be shared easily and talked about openly, that we could see the healing that was going on all at the same time that the heart was being broken, that the, that the situations were becoming harder, but the healing more profound at the same time. Thank you, Father. For the writer of this book, those who have turned it into a movie, those whose hands have touched it, whether they intended to or not, they were anointed. And we thank you, Father, that it, that it has put on such dramatic display something about you that many will often miss. But thank you, Father, that any, for anyone that will watch it and be touched by it, and especially those who will be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.